0: Hi, this is Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. This message is called Overcoming Sickness. I wanna talk about how to deal with sickness. Now, some of you are here, you may not be sick, but I wanna talk to you about your faith rising for God healing and healing through you. I want, I want you to have faith that God heals today and he heals through his people. And so, Isaiah 53, this is called a messianic prophecy because this is the Old Testament talking about Jesus. It's talking about the coming of Jesus. Isaiah 53, three, he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. And we did not esteem him, surely he has borne our griefs, which means sicknesses, carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace, that's the word shalom, it means total well-being, was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. And so this is the curse for blessing exchange that took place on the cross. We deserved everything Jesus got. Because of our sin and because of our rebellion against God, that's what we deserve. But Jesus took it so that we could have everything we don't deserve, all the blessings of God's grace that we don't deserve. Here's what the book of Galatians says about the same issue. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, and the cross was a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So Jesus came, the Bible says, he became a curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham could come on us. You say, well, what's the blessing of Abraham? Genesis 1. Abraham was old, well advanced in age and the Lord had blessed him in all things. Jesus didn't die so we could be kind of blessed Jesus didn't die so we could be mostly blessed. Jesus died so we could be totally blessed. And the blessing of Abraham is the total blessing of God. And when it says the chastisement for our shalom was upon him, when a Jew says shalom to you, what they're saying is may you be totally blessed. So Jesus died so that the blessing of Abraham could come to us. And there was a sevenfold exchange that happened on the cross. Jesus took seven curses away from us so that seven blessings could come to us and here they are. He took away death so we could have life. He died so that we can have eternal life. Did you know, by the way, listen to what I'm about to say. Jesus told Mary and Martha when Lazarus died, he who believes in me will never die. Do you know there'll never be a second in eternity that you're dead? The fear of death, according to Hebrews two, the fear of death is the number one way that the devil controls people is by the fear of dying. Did you know that you will never be dead on this earth? The minute your eyes close here, they open in heaven. Amen. The minute you take your last breath here, you take your first breath there. Yes. When your sense is dull here, they come alive there. You will never die because of what Jesus did. Amen. The second exchange was sickness for health, that he bore our sickness is by his stripes we are healed. Why, so we could be healthy. The third is rejection for acceptance. The sky grew black on Friday afternoon and God the Father turned his back on Jesus. And he said, my God, my God, why, why have you forsaken me? That's the only time he called his father God. He turned his back on him. He will never turn his back on us. Poverty for prosperity. Prosperity means having more than enough to do God's will for your life. It doesn't mean having millions of dollars. It just means there's only two alternatives, not enough or barely enough. God wants you to, your cup to run over. Why does God want your cup to run over? So other people can be blessed through your life. Defeat for victory, Jesus was defeated by the Jews. But we have victory as our birthright. Bondage for freedom, they bound him up so that we could be free. And the last is punishment for peace. The chastisement for our peace, our total well-being was upon Jesus. So we know that Jesus took the curse, all of the curse, 100% of the curse upon himself so that we could have 100% of the blessing of God. It is our birthright and we need to remember it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel. But one of the issues we wanna talk about is is healing. Isaiah 53, five, by his stripes we are healed. Not were, not will be. We are healed as present tense and God heals today. But we need to understand how God heals because it's not always the same. It's not cookie cutter. The Lord heals in different ways because of the different issues related to illness. But let me, let me begin by reading some scriptures just to make sure that we have a biblical foundation for, for what we're doing here. And let's just read some scriptures about what Jesus said. This is John 14. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He says here, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. Do you believe, anybody here believe in Jesus? He said, you'll do greater works than me. And so the Bible never says what happened during the ministry of Jesus was only for the ministry of Jesus. It says quite the opposite. First Corinthians 12, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit. Listen, to another gifts, plural, of healings, plural, by the same Spirit. God composed the body to heal itself. The the body of Christ, we heal ourselves. Gifts, plural, of healings, plural. I, I was talking about rejection last week, and I read the scripture in Corinthians where it says, God has given the more greater honor on the more unseemly parts of the body so that we would respect each other. And what that means is that many of you that don't think of yourselves as a powerful person or a gifted person, you can't believe the healings that God would minister through you if you would only accept who you are. You're a healer. You're a white blood cell in the body of Christ. You're there to heal. You are. So this is the curse of disconnection. When the body disconnects, we don't heal ourselves. We have to come together. And so this is Mark 16. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it won't hurt them. Let's stop right there. That doesn't mean you go look for snakes, okay? Because there are churches that do that kind of stuff. They're always small. They have a growth problem. It means in the unfortunate event that you run across a snake, doing God's work and it bites you, you're okay. Like the apostle Paul got bit that time, it was okay. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. This is talking about everything in the body of Christ is relationally transferred. We need to touch each other. We need to lay hands on the sick and believe that through our lives that God will heal. So here's the question. So we just read all this stuff. Why is everybody healed? And this is a big question, well, let's talk about it. It says in, this is one verse, Matthew 12, 15, great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. So someone would say, well, well Jesus healed everybody. Actually he did not heal everyone because here's Mark six. Now he could do mighty, no mighty work there. This is Nazareth, his hometown. He could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them and he marveled because of their unbelief. Jesus doesn't heal where there's no faith present. So when Jesus went home to his hometown and there was no faith there, they had unbelief, he didn't do very many miracles. Jesus heals where there's faith present but he doesn't always heal the same. Uh, In some cases, he laid his hands on people. Uh, In the case of the centurion, he spoke a word concerning his servant, he was healed. Peter's mother-in-law was sick and Jesus rebuked the fever uh, he cast out demons out of some people. He rubbed mud on one man's eyes that was blind. In another case, he told a man to go dip in a pool. So there's no cookie cutter formula. God heals individually based on our faith and on our circumstances. So let's talk about the the ways that God heals or the reason that people sick and the ways that God heals. So let's talk about the six major reasons for sickness because there are different reasons that we get sick. Number one is poor diet and lifestyle. Now um, I heard this dietitian on television and uh, he said, if you tell me what you eat, I'll predict your illnesses with accuracy. So in the 100 years ago, 300 years ago, they didn't have processed food. Um, processed food is a modern convention. And so processed food means this is food that has the nutrients stripped out and it's manipulated for sight and taste. And much of it is addictive. This is the, a lot of the food that, that we eat today. People, a hundred or thousands of years ago, they they ate off the land. They were agrarian. God made food to heal. The food that God made, it nourishes and it heals. So when we eat, and I, this is the truth, I was at the gas station the other day getting gas, and I saw a person come out of uh, the convenience store, and they were carrying, I'm I'm assuming it was a soda pop. I don't know, you know, maybe it's something else, but it was that big, and it had a handle on it. You might as well just put a sugar IV in your vein and just let it drip sugar, and sugar's poison. It's more addictive than heroin. You shouldn't eat my sugar, And if you wanna have a happy time every now and then and eat yourself some sugar, that's fine. Sugar has absolutely no benefit to the human body. There are many problems that are caused by sugar, so you have to watch your sugar intake. Fried foods, processed foods, those kinds of things. You can have fun, you don't have to be legalistic, but I'm saying, The things that we eat cause our immune system to change, good or bad, they cause us to get sugar diabetes and we have an epidemic of diabetes and many other diseases that are caused by poor diet and stress. Let me say this about stress. Stress is the number one reason for doctor's office visits today, stress-related illnesses, and stress is the number one reason for prescribed medications. God will give you no grace for stress. God did not design the human body to operate under stress. Stress is a self-inflicted wound. You know, I read, the, only, the only scripture that I've ever scoffed at was Matthew 11, where Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I read that one day and I thought, well, you're about to kill me. <laughs> and, you know, I, you're hard to work for. And Jesus said, it's not my yoke, Jimmy. It's not my yoke. I've never had a cavity. I've never had measles, mumps, or chicken pox. I never had a childhood disease and couldn't get sick until I came to the ministry and my body fell apart because of the stress. The answer for stress is to slow down, to do less. Let me say, less is more, because when you're stressed out, you can't enjoy anything. When you have too much activity, your children will stress you out. Uh, we were with our daughter. She had Our twin granddaughters are about to turn 16. That's where Karen is this weekend and our daughter one day uh, said to our granddaughters, you're not doing anything today, you're gonna stop because you need to rest and we need to rest because the the whole family can get stressed out. And so I'm just saying that if if you have a poor diet and you're stressed out, you're gonna get ill more often. It doesn't mean God doesn't care about you. It doesn't mean that he won't heal. It just means sometimes healing is just wisdom and just slowing down and, and eating better. Number two is genetics and generational curses. Um, in all of our lives, we have predisposed tendencies towards certain illnesses and some of you have cancer, breast cancer, heart disease, uh, Alzheimer's, dementia. You'll go to the doctor and the doctor will say, well, this runs in your family or whatever. And the reason is because of sin. We have a polluted bloodline. This is Deuteronomy 5. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image. Uh, any likeness of anything in heaven above or anything on the earth beneath that is in the water underneath, under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them for I the Lord your God am a jealous God visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. The Kennedy family is an example of this. It's uh, mathematically impossible to be as unlucky as the Kennedys, they're cursed and they're cursed because of a lineage of crime. They're one of the most corrupt criminal families on the earth. And the death and the mayhem, there's a book called The Kennedy Curse, and it chronicles all of the bad things that have happened to that family. And they're so cursed, they know they're cursed. But you know what the answer is? The answer is the bloodline of Abraham. See, let me say this. Jesus didn't come to just pay for sin. Jesus didn't just come to break the curse of sin. Jesus came to reattach us to a new bloodline, the bloodline of Abraham. And so... I would go to the doctor and when my dad was alive, my brothers and my mother and my dad and I all went to the same doctor. And I would go to the doctor and he would say to me, and he was being a good doctor, he was a good doctor. And he would say, well, Jimmy, you know, in your family, you're gonna get this and this and this, and you just kind of need to get ready because you know, probably gonna get this and this. And when he was talking, I didn't rebuke him or anything. I I would just smile and I just thought, oh, you must think I'm of the Evans bloodline. That old polluted bloodline. My grandfather had to flee Tennessee. He was a bootlegger. Uh, he had to flee Tennessee uh, because they were gonna arrest him. He was on a barge, he took the whole family. That's how we came to Texas is we, we came the old-fashioned way and <laughs> we got chased out of Tennessee. Well, I'm just saying, he was one of, probably one of the better ones in my family, so all kinds of crime and mayhem in my family, but I have a new bloodline, the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Some people are sick because of generational issues and genetic issues in their family. And that's the answer, number three reason for sickness is demonic strongholds and a spirit of infirmity. Luke 13, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years, and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you were loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days which men ought to work, therefore come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered and said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. So this is, let me just say something. When th- this woman, anyone would have looked at her today and just said she had bone issues. She had some kind of a osteoporosis or, or something like that. Jesus came and saw her and knew that this was a spirit of infirmity. That's what it says. She had a spirit of infirmity. You say, well, what's the spirit of infirmity? You're never well. If this gets healed, this comes up. It's just, you're just always sick. It can come through trauma as a child. It can come through different ways. But a spirit of infirmity, it's a a demon spirit. It's like fear. Fear is not your emotion, it's a demon spirit. You have to treat it as such. If you can't educate a demon, you can't medicate a demon. You can't, you can't, uh, you know, do anything up. The only thing you can do is just cast the little thing out of there. And so Jesus, Jesus came, and this woman's all bent over double for 18 years, and Jesus walks up and lays his hands on her. The demon leaves, and she straightens up. So sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes there is a demon attached, and that's especially when you know that it just doesn't respond to medication or medicine. Number four reason for sickness is sin or lack of spiritual connection and covering, John 5. There was a certain man who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, And knew that he'd already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming another steps down before me, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well and took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, it is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, who's the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was for Jesus had withdrawn and a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you have been made well, sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Well, we, we walk in grace. We don't have to worry about all the time that if we do something wrong that we're gonna get sick. But here's the issue. When you're in rebellion to God, you're vulnerable. Now listen to me, I'm not just talking about rebellion to God, I'm talking about rebellion to authority. Authority is covering. It's not cramping your style, it's covering your life. Jesus said, this is John, James four, James says, therefore submit to God, then resist the devil that he'll flee from you. Why? Why does it say submit to God and then resist the devil? Because when you're in rebellion, you have a kindred spirit to the devil. You can't cast him off his own property. And rebellion is his own property. When you're under submission to God, in the kingdom of God, you have as much authority as you're under. In John five, Jesus said, I do nothing unless I see my father doing it. He was 100% under the covering of Almighty God. So we have to make sure, we don't have to be perfect but we need to be submitted to God and walk in a sincere relationship with him. And if we've done something wrong, we just deal with it and it's it's over with. Our God is a very gracious, merciful God. Luke 6, love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. Your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful as your father is merciful. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Given it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. One of the number one sins obviously is rebellion to God, but the number two is hate, unforgiveness, judgment, lack of love. The number one commandment is love God with all your heart. Number two is love your neighbor as you would love yourself. Here's what it says, according to your standard of measure, I will measure it back to you in return. God will give you as much grace as you give away. This is Brent Evans with Marriage Today, and I wanna thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and wanna keep learning, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out marriagetoday.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, videos, articles, and live events.